0: you from a patch in the Argus Array. This is Politrix. The Time Directive.
1: The Declaration of Human Rights. The United Federation of Blacks. The United Nations. World War II. The Dominion Federation War. The Art of War. The Teachings
0: of Serac. Jesus Christ. Galus the Unforgettable. Welcome everyone to Polatrex. My name is Barry DeFord. I'm Shashank Kavaru. It's nice to have you here today and uh, we are really looking forward to getting this podcast started. Um, this has been something that's been a brainchild of Shashank and mine since, uh, I don't know, was it September that we started talking about the Shashank? I want to say late August is when you said, hey, I have this thing in
1: my mind. It sounds really crazy, but I think all great ideas started that way. So I want to say late August. Yeah, that's when we realized, oh, he has this crazy idea. Can I throw my thoughts in? And he said, oh, uh, when I say he, I mean Barry, not that there is a third person. uh, He said, "Okay, let's let's try to put these together and see what we come up with. And what you're listening to is what essentially we came up with
0: this is our podcast baby and and like every good idea I think uh, this idea was initially hatched at uh, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas STLV as we would say um, Shashank and I are both uh, members of the unofficial um, STLV group and uh, good friends with uh, Heather and Jeff and uh, got to have some time uh, chatting with Jim and Ian so we're really happy to be on the, the Tricorder Transmissions Network this, uh, this also was a wonderful opportunity for us to get some ideas out so uh, maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit about ourselves uh, uh who we are uh why we like trek uh and and then we'll go from there so shashanka i'll I'll give you the honors uh what uh, what brings you to star trek
1: uh okay i am uh, I, I i would like to think in some ways i'm a star trek baby uh because i am from india and as you know in india arranged marriages are the norm or were the norm when my parents were growing up uh Uh, So when both my mom's and dad's families got together and my parents had an opportunity to talk, I think one of the conversations they had into the months leading up to the marriage is how when they were kids, they both saw Star Trek and how they fell in love with it. So I'd like to think that uh, one of the reasons why I exist physically as a person is because Star Trek existed. And uh, that way I have a very fundamental connection and love for the show. But I also I also discovered it in in my uh, early childhood days and my preteen youth, like uh, most Star Trek fans. And uh, since then, I've just everything about that show speaks to me as a human, as a man, as um, a member of a of a minority group. It's 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 just uh, it's not only good entertainment. It's it's great life lessons for me so i think that's one reason why uh i love star trek so much and uh the, the idea for this podcast is so i can give something back to to some to something i love so much and feel so strongly about and bring my perspective into it and uh gel it with your perspective and see if we can we can add something new to to this universe that exists around the show well
0: that's uh that's absolutely fantastic Um uh, and and uh Yeah, I guess uh, I'm sort of a Star Trek baby as well, not in the same way, um, but uh, my grandfather watched uh, watched the old 1960s TOS series, and uh, um, incidentally, uh, as we record this, the Doomsday Machine episode is 50 years old, and that's actually the first episode I ever saw. Um, The Doomsday Machine utterly petrified me, and uh, Commodore Decker's whole sort of hopelessness was something very hard for me to process. I saw it in, I think, about 1988 or so. And, uh, at five years old, I was kind of wide-eyed at the whole, at uh, the whole idea. And, uh, from then, you know, um... I would watch, uh, uh, usually staying at my grandparents' house after school, I would uh, watch the syndicated episodes of the original series, and then uh, I believe it was Thursday nights, we would watch The Next Generation, which was always fantastic. Uh, and uh, my, my claim to fame on Star Trek, or at least sort of my, my nerdy delight, is when I was about uh, 12 and 13 years old, playing with friends and maybe a little younger too, um, we would play Star Trek where we would literally sit on my couch look at a wall as our view screen and like rock back and forth um and then when we would go on away missions we'd hastily put our shoes on making the transporter noise and we'd run outside into the backyard and 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 uh you know discover new things and 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 spy on other people kind of trying to be uh the who watches the watchers you know so we wouldn't eliminate the prime directive or anything like that so star trek definitely had a very profound uh impact on my uh, on my childhood life and uh my grandfather passed away in 1998, and uh, I like to think of uh, his memory kind of being honored um, by me uh, listening to it, or watching it, sorry, um, and whatnot. I mean, he wasn't a huge Star Trek guy, I don't think, but uh, it definitely sort of tapped a vein for me, and uh, and it's kind of gone from there. And, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So, Shashank, what... What would you say this this show is about for for you? What would you say you want to get out of this show specifically uh, in terms of Polytrex as it is?
1: Uh, when Barry uh, told me about the the root of the idea of the show, I I started putting in uh, my emotions and uh, my intellectual faculties to what a Star Trek podcast, if I were ever to do one, would be about, and uh, it unfortunately like. A lot of creative things that are coming out in late 2016, early 2017, mid 2017 was uh, after the U.S. election. I had I, I sat down and started to deconstruct why I think the way I think, why I have a political leaning the way I have a political leaning. So I was essentially at the at the end of the road with those ideas and uh, trying to deal with failure when. Uh, like I'm sure you do too, uh, I started watching Star Trek again and I I could find beat for beat why I fell into in love with an idea or why I fell in love with a particular feeling or a thought or or a decision uh, and how that shaped me politically and socially and spiritually as a person uh, and how I could connect them to Star Trek. So I thought, hey, why not make a show that discusses all the good and the bad about politics society and uh, just the the philosophy that we follow in our lives around the world from the lens of star trek and i that's what the show is to me
0: that's great and and you know that that's that's kind of why i think we we managed to make this work almost kind of like uh, like lightning in a bottle it happened very fast um for me yeah the idea was uh looking at, um, political issues and, and sort of the polarizations that have taken place in recent years, uh, one way and another, um, is definitely something that, that does get tackled in, 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 Star Trek commonly. Uh, when we look at the rivalries of different races, when we look at the choices that, uh, different characters have to make, um, you know, we, we, we've spoken a lot about, you know, Gene Roddenberry's idealism for a better future. I mean, his ideals were political, And um, we can't fully divorce ourselves from that, you know, though Star Trek has changed, and I think rightly so, and I'm very happy with the direction that it's headed in. um, We can't fully forget what Star Trek is trying to tell us. And, And obviously... You know the the new series Discovery coming out uh, now has has made some political points, some ethical points, and uh, you know other podcasts definitely look into those sorts of things. But um, I think you and I can bring um, a bit of a different perspective. Um. Neither of us are American. Uh, I'm Canadian and I live in Canada, so um, that's the thing. And then you know, um, you yourself as a resident in the United States, but you know, not being uh, an American and being a minority, I think we can we can provide some some different uh, angles. Now, neither of us are women, so obviously we want to have uh, some female guests. Um, uh, neither of us are, I think you and I both consider ourselves uh, cisgendered male. So again, we would want to have a very diverse um, group of people coming in and, and providing their insights as well and helping us better understand um, this, uh, this thing that is politics and this thing we love, which is Star Trek. So if that made any sense, I think that's kind of where we want to go with this. Any other I'm, last words?
1: Uh... Just if, if we are going with the, with the last word about what, you, what we've talked about so far, I really would. I know we are, we are uh, one country apart, but uh, if you or I ever meet in person again, I think we should definitely drag a couch out into the middle of the hall, sit and play a Star Trek like you did as a kid, because that sounds like an incredible idea.
0: I will definitely do that. So when I come down to visit you or you come up to visit me uh, in the hopefully near future-ish, that will happen. And if not, then uh, next year at STLV, you and I will find a place. You know what? Hotel room. We We will... Right now, I'm making this pronouncement that STLV 2018, Sean Gavru and I are going to play Star Trek with some people. Um, so, if you are a listener and you're going to STLV and you want to get in, get in on this, uh, I think we play Star Trek. That's uh, that's the thing. We'll draw straws on who gets to be captain, science, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play play Star Trek for a little while. That will be that will be the most fun thing. So great. Um, I think just so you just so viewers know or listeners know. Uh, What we're going to be getting ourselves into is sort of a segmented show. So opening intros, we're going to talk a little bit about the news, um, and then go into our main topic. And at the end of every episode, we are going to have the last word, a final thought, that we'll either give to uh, yours truly, or to uh, my illustrious co-host, or perhaps to our uh, guest. This episode, we don't have a guest, but uh, that's just because we want to get to know you guys and let you guys get to know us first, and then uh, we'll go from there. So... Wonderful. Thank you for joining us, and uh, let's move into the news. And now the news with Shashank Avaroo.
1: Uh, As we record this podcast today, there have been three interesting, uh, very uh, life-altering, politically speaking, developments that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Angela Merkel has been uh, re-elected and her party has won the majority in Germany. Uh, Sebastian Kurz of the Austrian People's Party in Austria, uh, a, a far right leaning party has uh, won the majority there, and Jacinda Ardern has been elected as the incoming prime minister of New Zealand. Uh, it's uh, it's it's certainly a very uh, it, it's certainly a very confusing time, uh, and that's it's it's important to start recognizing that we now need to. Abandon the 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 20th century idea that oh the entire world is going to lean one way politically at some point or the entire world is going to lean another way politically at some point. I think it's uh, it's time to start thinking that, uh, uh, and e- even in terms of uh, even in terms of the shows that we watch today, it, even even the Star Trek that we know is so fundamentally different from the Star Trek that we've come to know. So it's certainly a uh, it's been a it's been an interesting time. Wouldn't you say, about it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Angela Merkel's uh, return to or, or continued power in in uh, Germany, and I would sort of say, to some degree, the de facto leader of the U- European Union. Um, she sort of takes on, uh, you know, it, it's sort of like uh, there is sort of a federation of uh, a feel to the European Union to a degree, and uh, and their sort of frontier style of, of economic. Um, Uh, economic reliance on one another for better or for worse has definitely put them in a place where, you know, not everyone thought Angela Merkel was going to necessarily win. And when you see populist leaders um, like the Austrian uh, fellow uh, Kurtz which means small, I think, in German. Um, interestingly, uh, and he seems sort of shorter. I don't want to. I don't want to do any ad hominem attacks on him, but he, he's a very he's a very populist leader, and you know, he's, shots he shots being fired on our first episode no, of politics, isn't it? Yeah, I'm re- I read an article uh, I think on Bloomberg where where he was talking about. Uh, I think it was um, people from outside of the uh, outside of the the country or outside of Austria should should completely commit themselves to european values. And and for me I think of, you know, okay, well, you know, let let's just think of food for for european values, you know. If I'm in uh, if I'm in Ukraine, then, you know, perehe, nalyshnyka, uh pierogies, delicious treats there is the valued food. But if I was in uh, if I was say in uh, in Spain, well, you know, we're having tostada, tapas, you know, delicious treats there. Um those values are, are very different in terms of what we would be eating. So I don't really understand precisely what he's trying to say. And and again, I think what what's happening with these populist leaders is they're trying to sound eloquent, um, where really they're just blowing the the greatest dog whistle possible. Um, uh, that's that's an interesting way of uh, of trying to sort of rally your 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 support groups and you know thinking to. Uh, Thinking to Star Trek, you know the, some of the some of the conflict that happens between different races, especially sort of uh, what I would think kind of the the Romulan idea of uh, always sort of trying to nudge Picard into war. You know, there's a little bit of that of of trying to use nice statements to rile up something much larger.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, when when we talk about things like people saying you should commit yourself to a certain value first off that the value idea is it's just changed so much over time and when somebody says that uh, you should commit yourself to my country's value what they're essentially saying is you should commit yourself to my definition in my time of what the values in my country are so it just for that seems so uh limited and narrow-minded uh, and I guess uh, what far-right populism has is a lot of narrow-minded politics. But just getting that back to Stashek, uh remember that episode uh, where uh, Riker and Tasha have to keep two conflicting alien species on the ship from fighting with each other when they send their own groups? Yeah. And, uh, and there is, there is a very interesting scene uh, that I think is one of the best scenes and not really talked about a whole lot is when one of the alien species is trying to hunt a live animal on the ship. And Riker and Tasha come up and say, we have outlawed animal cruelty. And then there is a discussion that they have about, should we be allowed to hunt our own animals? Uh, because that's our value. And you're degrading our value. And then they talk about how they talk about the sanctity of life and how your value here means something so completely different and wrong from, from the values that the rest of the universe has acknowledged.
0: Yeah. And would you say that, uh, um, Herr Kurtz and, uh, Frau um, Merkel are going to be having, uh, uh, some, some disputes. Do you figure, do you think that there's going to be some, some heat, uh, between the two of them?
1: Uh, I have been pleasantly surprised, uh, because I did think, okay, uh, one one uh, really cool newspaper headline that I cannot take the credit for, uh, even though I really want to, is uh, when Angela Merkel and Trump met. A newspaper printed a picture of them shaking hands, and the headline of that newspaper was "The Leader of the Free World Meets the President of the United States." It's uh, it was it was beautiful how the 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 shift in the idea of this free world changed. And uh, when Trump got elected and Merkel met Trump. So I I was thinking there would be a whole lot of heat between those two. But Merkel has very smartly avoided that. And I think that will be the case with Austria, too. I think uh, the this guy is a kid. He was born in 86. uh, So he was not he he will try to get her all riled up. But I don't think she's going to go that route. I think she's going to stick to soft, polite, quiet Germany because, uh, mm-hmm. Lord knows, we don't need a loud Germany.
0: No, no. Um, um. I think, I think, uh, I think Angela Merkel is a is a good, uh, a good statesperson who will will probably be able to wrangle him pretty well. And uh, yeah, I think his youth may be his discredit. Of course, uh, being a Canadian, I am the, uh, I am under the, the rule of, uh, Mr. Justin Trudeau, uh, son of one of our more famous prime ministers as well. So we have a bit of a family affair happening right now, but, uh, definitely a lot of people have worried that Justin's youth being, I believe in his forties, um, made him very young, but yeah, Kurtz is even younger than that, which is, uh, is pretty insane. Speaking of young leaders though, uh, Jacinta uh, Ardern, uh, 37 years old, youngest female leader, uh, and now is the leader of New Zealand. Um, If I could pipe in with my thoughts on her, uh, she is a very fascinating uh, person. Um, One thing that I'm I'm interested in is as a leader, and of course, today's episode, we're going to be talking about heroes and leaders, and how sometimes it doesn't always work exactly, um, or the different types of flaws or challenges that leaders face, uh, Jacinda was a member of the Latter-day Saints Church, um, uh, commonly known as the Mormons. And she, in fact, um, moved away from that church due to their stance on LGBTQ rights. Um, and, uh, she's had to sort of compromise maybe some values that she's had for, I would say, maybe most of her life as she thought about it more. So I think, um, this could maybe play into what we talk about later of of leaders having to move away from values that may have they may have held for a long time in order to be leaders. Um, that's a, that's a fascinating thought. What do you think? Uh, it's
1: uh, isn't it? I think it's very interesting that uh, we have uh, young female leaders coming up all around the world, uh, while we have a Star Trek show that focuses. On a young female character, I I think it's uh, I think it's too too uh it's too gel together to be coincidence. I think uh, and and with Michael Burnham too, you you see that that character is defined by loss of faith. Uh, that character is defined by doing a thing that everybody else has decided is the wrong thing to do. Uh, irrespective of what happens to that character, you see her losing. Uh, Th- this thing that she has worked her entire life for and questioning it and going so far as rejecting the person who has taught her most of these ideals it's a it's a very interesting place to be in politically uh, uh just philosophically and with star trek is is looking at young female heroes and heroes in the in the hero's journey term as in the central figures uh and and how they are being defined by by the loss of faiths or by this this philosophical turn that they've had in their lives
0: i would agree 100 percent. and uh, i'm i'm really going to follow uh uh prime minister ardern's journey um, as she uh as she takes the the helm of a country i i, res- I respect quite a lot um would love to visit one day um but uh, I think she has a, a very long and difficult road ahead of her. But, uh, you know, to have the the courage of conviction to stick to her convictions and to be willing to change as well. And, and you mentioned Michael Burnham. Uh, there will be spoilers on this show as well. So um, black alert or whatever. Um, Michael Burnham has already had to... Uh, come to terms with some very harsh realities and had yeah. to, had to really sort of rethink some things that she may have held dear. So, uh, who knows, maybe one day we can have, uh, prime minister Ardern on the show. Um, probably not, but, uh, maybe, uh, some other, uh, female leaders as well. Um, I uh, would actually make a quick shout out uh, a friend of mine um, in the city that I'm originally from, Edmonton, Alberta, a friend of mine has actually just taken uh, the councillorship of Ward 5. So congratulations, Sarah Hamilton, on that, if you're listening. Um, Who was that? Yeah, um, a a fantastic leader who uh, I, I had the opportunity to work with in the city um when we worked as city city employees um and and you know the the challenges that that female leaders take differently and and i think i think michael burnham's story is one that will lead her to leadership um and uh and i think that's somewhere where we're going to have to have some uh people well qualified to talk with us about it in the future so i think that's the news we're going to now be moving on to our main topic So now we have entered into our main topic for the day and that, uh, i like to start us off with, uh, the illustrious words of, of a great songwriter, uh, Canadian songwriter, Gordon Lightfoot. Um, he, uh, to quote him, he said, heroes often fail. Now, um, failure doesn't necessarily mean defeat. Um, and sometimes defeat doesn't necessarily mean failure. And, um, I'm often thought, I often think about, uh, Riker in the episode of Best of Both Worlds Part 2. And that's sort of the inspiration for this episode that we are doing right now on the podcast. I always go back to Riker when he's standing in Picard's ready room. Picard has been uh, assimilated by the Borg, and Riker's alone uh, in this room looking at an empty chair. And in one moment of just sheer frustration, he shouts at the chair, going, What would you do? And that emotional outpouring that Riker gives really shows me, um, you know, when we have our heroes, and and I would say that, of course, Picard is Riker's hero, uh, in a lot of cases, uh, that there comes a time when we as a society, or we as people even, um, we might end up venerating our heroes, and we might want to end up acting like it. But or acting like them, but ultimately we can't, we have to be ourselves. We have to do our own thing. And uh, in that, I think that's where real heroes are born is though. You have people who you venerate people who you admire. Ultimately it's you who has to make those final choices.
1: It's uh, a, the episode itself is so interesting that we're discussing because uh, we've all had those moments. Uh, We just, just by, the fact that we are born into a certain mm-hmm. society, we have figures or ideas that we're supposed to follow. And in our growth as a human being, some of the most pivotal moments in our life happen when we question the the person that we follow or when it is revealed to us through life that this person is not who we thought they were. Uh, when, when you talk about Riker and the scene in which he's shouting at the chair, Full of frustration, uh, my mind just as a history nerd immediately goes back to the swearing, in of Lyndon Johnson after the death of JFK. Uh, there is there is this nation, uh, actively, and there is the world passively waiting to see what will happen when uh, the assassination of uh, the assassination of JFK happened, uh, and then there is the swearing, in of, of Lyndon Johnson and uh, there is just turmoil everywhere people are questioning themselves people are questioning their identities everybody is, is at a loss of words or for what to do when, when this person that we've placed so much faith in is taken away from us uh, leaving us no opportunity to think about uh, to, to think about where we go next uh, it's it's it was a, it was a very uh, difficult time politically uh, but it was also a very difficult time socially because uh, there was there was one conversation going on about what this new person who did not deserve that power, what what is he going to do, which was I think also the conversation that would have gone on when Riker had to had to follow through with his decision on what to do with the Borg, uh, and there is a different discussion going on about why he was killed, who was Lee Harvey Oswald, was he acting alone? Are there people on the inside who made this happen? Uh, so I think when our heroes fail, not only do we as people feel the aftershock of that failure, uh, there, is, there is a general uh, fundamental change that happens within the, the realm of these groups of hero lovers that we cannot come back from. Uh, I think for better or for worse, something changes and we are forced to reconsider the the affection that we've given to this hero because when we say we love someone and we find out that that there is something that we did not know about them that is negative we're not only abandoning that person to a certain extent we are we are also questioning who we are as a person for liking that that idea
0: I, yeah I would agree and, and I think both uh, President Johnson and President Kennedy sort of embody both of those uh both of those elements of, of both hero and not always the hero right of course there's some scandal uh with both men and uh you know you mentioned the idea of the uncertainty after Kennedy's death um obviously I wasn't alive when, when Kennedy was assassinated, but even, uh, my parents, you know, born and raised in Canada, all of us, um, up here, we, it affected us. I mean, my mom says that they, they were sent home from school. Um, my grandfather was, was very upset. My grandmother was crying. Um, everyone knows where they were. And that's that sort of loss of innocence that takes place. And, and I would, I would, I would argue that, that really the best of both worlds, parts one and two are about that loss of innocence. Um, I've heard it bandied about before and I would be the the one to say it as well. Picard is space dad. Um you can be innocent under him. You know daddy's daddy's got this. He'll he'll help you. He'll take care of you. He'll 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 make sure that the bad guys go away, right? And in that that kind of paternal feeling that you get from from Captain Picard is lost. And now his oldest son, you know, uh, Riker has to take that over. And he now lives in this great shadow of, of someone who, who, you know, like Kennedy um, was a lot of potential, right? He said, we're going to the moon. I think Kennedy uh, was involved a lot in, in sort of what was going to happen in, in Vietnam as well. Some, some darker elements that, that, that he had a part in Um, Kennedy helped, a lot of groundwork, um, sort of as a president, and his younger brother, Bobby, um, helped a lot with uh, the civil rights movement that was moving forward. And with that, losing him really felt like a loss of uh, more than just a president, uh, maybe almost like the loss of, of something comforting, something that we knew we could, we could fall back on, and, and that was gone. And uh, Best of Both Worlds definitely wow. brings that up.
1: We we also see we we see that change in Riker too. Uh, we see him becoming a different leader. After Picard comes back, you see him uh, questioning Picard a little bit more, maybe not agreeing with him as much, forcing himself to have a different viewpoint. They have episodes where there is just conflict between them and they're just not talking. And you can clearly see the tension that you can cut with uh, Phaser and Stun. It's, it's definitely something that is there that that changed. And, and to, a, to a certain extent, we feel it too. When you see Picard come back from that, uh, and the entire movie, First Contact, to to a certain extent, is about Picard questioning that 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 entire uh, incident and the things that have happened in his life since. And it's a uh, the the uh, F- heroes failing us is is just so much more about ourselves and so much more about. Whether that person was really a hero, you know, as we as we speak in the news, there is a whole Harvey Weinstein scandal. We love the movies that this man made before we we found out what happened. Uh, as we speak, uh, in the last couple of years, we've we've had so many heroes from comedy, people like Bill Cosby, who we've we've found out about, uh, and now. There are people who won't even listen to him, people who grew up on on his his comedy albums and his stand up specials uh, and his TV shows won't even listen to him anymore because they don't know how it will affect them. It's 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 a it's a difficult but very quick reaction for us as humans. Uh, and I think the more we go through life, we become used or we, we get we acclimate ourselves to this idea of never fully trusting people.
0: Right. I would agree and and I think maybe that gets embodied quite well in deep space nine 's pilot episode of Emissary, where Cisco has to come face to face with the man who is responsible for the death of his wife, and that happens to be none other than captain jean luc Picard of course at the time he had been you know um you know mutilated or or, or sort of uh, uh, you know turned into something else into Locutus by the Borg but it's hard to make that 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 separation and and you know it's funny watching cisco's uh, reaction and and sort of being like wait yeah you know what the battle of Wolf three five nine was was horrifying and Picard really killed a lot of people yes he was locutus at the time but he never is fully able to divorce himself from that I mean he still has Borg components and when you go into um, first contact like you'd mentioned I think that's finally when we get Picard really actually. Getting an understanding or coming to terms with with that side of him, he even identifies himself at one point by saying, "I am Locutus of Borg." Um, I believe in that movie. Correct me, folks, if I'm wrong. But there is points where he he even uses that as as you know it is part of his identity. And with that, you know, can we fully divorce Picard from those things? Uh, in in total, he is a hero, um, and he fails. Thankfully, he's a fictional hero, and the real heroes or the real people who we've looked up to or love the movie or the artwork of, I think, do have a lot to answer for. But yeah, does it, does it mean that I can't watch, you know, Pulp Fiction anymore uh, because Weinstein had a, a part in it? Like, I find the man to be absolutely abhorrent. But uh, maybe, yeah, it's about us. Maybe we have to start thinking uh, in that sense about who we are rather than just looking at the leader itself. So that brings me to my next uh, thought in, in that sense is is the loneliness of leadership. Um, I'm a school administrator in my other life, and there are times where I have to make choices alone on my own. And sometimes those choices are very difficult. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the choices that the leaders in Star Trek have to take that may not necessarily be the right choice or, you know, as you've mentioned, um doing things that that might seem right but maybe they're not um i'll let you go from there mr avaru
1: oh uh when when you talk about leaders and choices i can't help but think about cisco's uh cisco's tape recording uh just just everything that happens uh, uh toward the end of that show and how it's capped in that in that one uh that one 50 minute uh, re- recording essentially that he does uh uh, and just if, if you think about uh, people who are morally upright but make the wrong choice uh, or are forced to make a choice that is different from what seems right, I think Cisco is capped uh, is very – I think he's, he's the epitome of that in Star Trek. That's, that's a great way for us to examine our heroes, too, is you love Kirk. Kirk can never do anything wrong in your eyes. Kirk is sleeping with green women, but you would never care because Kirk is Kirk is space cool dad. And then you have uh, Picard who has committed uh, near genocide of species altogether, but because he was in a different body, it doesn't count. Uh, and we can we can also connect our our, our loyalty. To these characters, to the things that have happened in the real world, uh, we can we can talk about some of the choices that were uh, made by Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, because I am my one of my leaders is represented so vastly in world history. Some of the choices that were made by Gandhi that led to people dying, or the choices that people still talk about in his personal life that we don't uh, that we don't acknowledge, or Mother Teresa. It's there. There is this. At some point, uh, I, it's important for us, those of us that love our heroes, to, to start thinking about, do I love what my hero did or do I love my hero? Because if I love my hero, like a mother who loves a son that has done something wrong, our love has to be unconditional. If I'm going to love Picard, I'm going to love Riker, I'm going to love Cisco. I have to come to acknowledge that their actions have caused deaths Failures, their actions will have caused uh, mass change around the galaxy, and I am responsible for liking that. That we have to own up to that, I think.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think Cisco is is sort of the 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 sort of the inversion of of what you're saying in that sense because we love Picard, we love Kirk, we love Riker, in spite of right in spite of some of those things that they that they get up to or or have done or maybe did in, in a in a different avatar of themselves. Um, I think we love Cisco because of rather than in spite of and maybe that represents a bit of a change in in our society and what what strays us most from Roddenberry's original vision because you know obviously the the characters that we create in Star Trek or that are created in Star Trek are the product of the time in general and um, you know obviously Kirk was a creation of Gene Roddenberry and there are probably some some connections there um, and and i 'll leave it to the documentaries on him um rod does a, a rod Roddenberry does a fabulous documentary on his father uh in that in that light and um but I, I would say that 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 Cisco you know people love in the pale moonlight people love um for the uniform right uh, uh Mr. Wharf, shut that thing off right shut off the the holographic image of Eddington, fire those missiles and and destroy that planet like how far does he go and i have, I always go back to when when Eddington's trying to reason with with Cisco, and Cisco just shouts, "You betrayed your uniform!" You know, and it's this moment of like Avery Brooks terrifies me in that moment the way he the way he brings forward this this raw energy coming from coming from Cisco, and um, and people love that I think because he is showing that he's not just some paragon of virtue. Um, we love cisco as a hero because cisco is flawed cisco has trouble cisco doesn't want necessarily to be the good guy all the time he's willing to 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 wait around in the dark to to get the greater thing to happen and um maybe maybe that's a, a, a sign of the times um because we have found out so many revelations about our heroes kennedy gandhi um mother Teresa. um if we want information on that of course um we can go deeper into it, perhaps uh, as a discussion on on our page um, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, what would you say about that? We we love uh, we love Picard and Riker in spite of, but we love Cisco because of.
1: In that regard, just artistically, I have to take this time to give props to uh, both the new Star Trek movies and uh, Discovery. In both in all three Star Trek movies, you see Kirk being clearly an imperfect person he's 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 doing actions uh that would be considered would be considered wrong to get to a place uh that is better for everyone else uh, specifically in into darkness the the exciting incident the first exciting incident in that movie is them abandoning the prime directive and uh, trying to cap off that volcano so i i, I want to give props because those those movies and Discovery with Michael Burnham and The Death of the Captain and the war that follows, with both these uh, pieces of entertainment, they have showed that these heroes are not perfect people. Will you still like them despite who they are? And if you like them, good on you for acknowledging that these are human people making human decisions at a, at a time... Uh, that calls for it. Uh, so I, I do think Star Trek has evolved in that regard. They they don't just, they they don't want to not acknowledge it anymore. I think they did a little bit of that in uh, the original series. I think they did a lot of that uh, in uh, The Next Generation while also using that very well to their advantage in the movies. And uh, the first time they really did it is with Cisco. And then they did some of that with Janeway and Archer too, so, just this artist artistically, I think Star Trek also helps us. If you follow that journey in the chronological order, you'll see our own heroes fail, and you'll understand from their failure that they're still human beings, and that's such a valuable lesson.
0: Well, what about the non-human uh, characters who who maybe stick to a virtue? You had some insights there uh, on maybe not one of our major characters, but definitely a memorable one.
1: Uh. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, it's my one of my favorite characters, uh, probably in my top three. I will never reveal my top three because I don't want to start uh, fights. But uh, one of my top three favorite characters is Quark. And Quark's arc through that entire uh, show, Deep Space Nine, is just so it's it's such a it's a, such an arc of, of redemption. It goes from a bartender who enjoys watching Rome burn, who causes conflict, who who steals, who lies, who cheats, uh, who comes from a culture that celebrates those things, who constantly um, degrades and rejects women, uh, who who thrives on personal gain. Uh, especially if it is at the cost of someone losing something. You see that character go from that to the end of the show where he declares, I am going to stick uh, to these ideals that have been built and to keep these ideals alive. I'm going to do the most selfless thing. I'm going to sacrifice myself to a life of following leadership and fight my own brother to hopefully get to a place of power that will allow me to do the right thing.
0: And ultimately he's unsuccessful there, so would we would we consider um cork heroic and would we consider him a leader or, or or any of those sorts of things? Where would you place him uh in the uh in the pantheon of star trek leaders
1: i would before before i play before I put him in in a in a place where he has to compete with other people i <clears throat> I cannot help but uh but state how unique his position is. Uh, unlike unlike most of the characters on Deep Space Nine, he's not someone who belongs to an organization. I guess you could classify him as a Ferengi, although most of the times he's interested uh, in the goings on outside of the of the Ferengi world. He's he represents that that species, but. He wants to make money by going around the universe. He wants to he, he wants to uh, do a lot of things that will help him selfishly, but not the people that he comes from.. Uh, and there are multiple episodes where he saves that ship. Uh, granted he's getting something out, but he saves the ship. Uh, or he saves people, or he stands up for people, uh, and I think that is such a redeeming character uh, arc that he has. And in that sense, I think he's just as good a hero as uh, as Picard, just in the idea of I am going to stand up for something and I'm going to not compromise on it. So if I were to place him in a list, I would. Maybe rank him right up there uh, with some of our lesser celebrated captains. I don't want to put names out, but uh, he's he's just a, a grade below uh, heroes that are so conventional like Kirk and Picard uh, and yet not celebrated as well. because And that's credit to the stories that are told. They're, they're not told with the idea that we should make this Ferengi character a hero, but he comes out being heroic, and I think that is so important.
0: Uh, and and yeah, looking at looking at Quark that way, um, sort of his tongue in cheek style with uh, with Odo especially, where Odo and Quark have have doubled down on these these very very uh, alternative ideals to one another, and yet um, I think some of their their episodes together, of course, when they're having to climb that mountain together uh, and whatnot, is, is is sort of an amazing buddy episode. But uh, I almost find that in their um, in their contrast to one another, they actually complement one another quite well. Um, of course, all good things, uh, Quark's requirement to, uh, to sort of get, get some sort of acknowledgement out of Odo at the end, um, really shows that. And, and I think to a degree, when you think of, of Quark sticking to those very sort of Ferengi values and his, his brother, you know, taking, taking the, the whole Ferengi alliance in a very different direction, uh, becoming Nagus, um, yeah, it's almost like he is the anti-hero in in that sense, but but an admirable one, and one that that we can uh, we can definitely connect ourselves to. Speaking of culture, um, I often think about that—the different uh, alien races, especially, and how they how either their culture is portrayed versus how they may see their own culture. And my two uh, my two connections there would be uh, Worf and Spock. Um, Worf, especially in the sense that uh, obviously being raised away from his culture, he sort of has to build his own, and uh, I connect to that. And I think you might too, uh, Shoshank. You and I both uh, have studied martial arts in our days, and um, Worf creates an ideal, uh, a hero, a hero sort of out of the uh, the Klingon culture. But you know, when you see how Worf, you know, I'm Klingon, and this is what we think. Klingons never lie. You know, Klingons are you know don't laugh, and all this sort of stuff. Um, he. Uh, he sort of builds up uh, something that, that, that's almost impossible to really maintain. And when you really see the Klingons and how they operate and how they act, I mean, just watch Gowron for, for 20 minutes, you know, um, Mr. O'Reilly in his eyes. Um, you know, he, 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 there's, I don't think he has an honorable bone in his body. Um, whereas Worf has this idealistic uh, view and, and, and that almost kind of flies in the face of it. Um, I think of that in, in my, my my affinity to the samurai, uh, the Japanese samurai, of course, known to have you know the, the laws of bushido and the way of the warrior and sort of a chivalric ideal. When really, when you look back at uh, the samurai, especially in the feudal period and, and before, um, they were basically just a bunch of thugs that would try to take each other's heads and get money for it. Um, there was no honor in that, um, and they were perfectly fine with uh, with just you know chopping off a guy's you know chopping a guy down and then just sawing off his head and then going to hopefully get some money or even you know just killing one of their own servants and then dressing his head up to look like it was more uh more 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 important than what it was and and try to get money that way so um i find it fascinating that that you know we venerate a culture and yet um maybe it isn't exactly what we think it is and we kind of create our own heroes just through our own minds
1: when when we talk about cultures and we talk about celebrating uh, the achievements of cultures, uh, I, you were you are born in in the West. I, as a human being, uh, a fully grown adult, decided to come to the West if, after studying it and understanding it and fall in love with it. But I cannot help but but question some of the decisions that were made in that that ended uh, that ended cultures that ended uh, entire races. The, uh and and it's. It seems to me that that much like in Star Trek, or where these wrong decisions are not looked in on as much or not questioned as much, I think we as we as a society also do not question enough uh, where we come from and what the land that we live on is and who who it's supposed to be owned by and who's who's the real owner is there an owner. Uh, it's it's very similar to this this idea of rejecting or or being loyal to a fault where we where we say uh, we love this culture so much but let's let's never talk about uh, the genocide that happened because those were different times so let's not talk about slavery because that was a different time it's uh, it's very similar to the arc uh, or parts of the arc that Kira goes through. Uh, she She's so in love with everything about the Bajorans, but when she comes into a place of power, she finds out about some of the things that are happening in the name of their religion, in the name of their society, and she's forced to confront them. She's forced to question uh, whether those things are right. And if they aren't, then why is she protecting them so much? And should she be protecting them as much as, as, much as she does? Uh, there is... There is that interesting uh, being from a culture while questioning it or adapting to a culture while questioning its rights and wrongs or its heroic moments in air quotes. uh, Those are things that we do every day in life. And uh, failure to to a certain extent is also defined uh, in the way cultures have grown and evolved. And uh, just that the acknowledgement of whether it was a failure or not, uh, somehow in our time of 2017, Seems to have so much contention, and that is that is that just seems wrong. Is that we can't even recognize that there was something that was done wrong to someone, and we have to debate whether that was wrong or right.
0: And I would agree. You know, um, does War for Kira own the culture that they're a part of, or do they own what their belief is, and and how do they square that with uh, with what's actually happening? Um, I would argue right now maybe that crisis is undergoing is being undergone by actual Star Trek fans, trekkers, trekkies, uh, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, you know, we have a diversion from a very, very big diversion from uh, from the original vision i guess you could say and they're saying you know they're going to work towards that but uh, so many people have balked against that and uh, i'll be the first one to say i don't want to get into it terribly because i think some people are angry for the sake of it but um i think i think the new episodes of star trek discovery i think um some of the last episodes of enterprise i think that the uh, the dominion arc of uh of uh, Deep Space 9 definitely has called into question that that very unwavering value that Star Trek was supposed to have when it was first created and what continued into uh, the early episodes of the next generation and so we sort of have to ask ourselves that question of you know like can we question this this ideal that Star Trek represents, and and I think that's manifested well through Kira's story. Um, the deeper you get into it, the deeper you realize that some of the heroes at the heart of Star Trek um, weren't necessarily as you know virtuous as they were um you look at the 1960s star trek of course it's it tried to to break a lot of the norms that that existed in that time having uh, a multicultural uh, um complement of uh, bridge bridge officers and whatnot but it was still a product of its time i mean um mud has arrived in discovery but when you look at mud in uh in the 60s star trek uh, he's abhorrent i i can't even i can't even just i, I can't I can't. (laughs) Straight up. That's it. Um, But, you know, at the time, I mean, it wouldn't have necessarily been a thing. Or or even looking at uh, Enterprise, um, I don't know uh, exactly um, how things would have gone differently knowing what we know now about the War on Terror. You know, the Zindi arc is definitely a reflection of that. So... I think I think what we need to understand with all of this and and uh I'll I'll, I'll end it uh, talking about Spock uh in the episode Galileo 7 um he has to throw away some logic um he has to uh he has to he has to throw away some logic to keep his his his, his who's remaining of his crew alive and and Hail Mary throw uh, a little bit and uh thanks to Mr. Sulu's observance he's able to see that plasma trail on that uh on the, the Galileo runabout and, and he manages to get his people saved, but there, there is no logic in that. Uh, it was just purely hopeful, a hopeful moment. And, uh, you know, I think that's the hardest part of it is to be a leader. Sometimes I think your values have to be questioned. They have to change, um, because that's why it's hard. That's why leadership is difficult. Um, that's why it happens the way it does, uh, to quote the fine folks in, uh, the, um, the band a five-year mission in that song the first command is heaviest to hold and uh, spock's first command was pretty heavy he he loses two crew members and he has to throw his unwavering values uh, aside for a moment to get this mission complete and successful
1: In, we are now in the final thoughts uh, section of our podcast to it. This is, this is the section we do at the very end where we, where the, one of us, usually the person separate from who has been leading the podcast uh, today, talks about what our, uh, what our conclusion is and what our final thoughts, ideas, and uh, things to take away from are on, on this particular uh, podcast episode. In, in heroes often fail, I think uh, with with what we've talked about, uh, it, I think first and foremost, it's always important to remember that our definition of a hero is always going to differ as we grow, as we evolve as human beings, and that's both necessary and uh, the right way to perceive a hero. A, a hero, at the end of the day, is a person making a decision. It is a person a following an order or not following an order. Uh, it's a person choosing to go to warp eight or warp nine, or a person choosing to stay in place and not moving the ship. It's, it's, it's a person making a choice. And uh, it's important uh, for us to firstly recognize, do we love the hero or f- for who the hero is up until the point where he's confronted with the choice? Or do we love the hero for when she has to make the decision that will lead us into where she takes us next, uh, that, that particular action. And it's also very important to simultaneously recognize that these decisions and these actions are moments in time. They're, they're something that a person has chosen to do, an individual uh, human, non-human has chosen to do at that point when faced with that particular situation. And when, when you ask yourself that, when you ask why Picard uh, chose to talk to Cisco in The Emissary, or why, uh, why Riker yelled at the chair, yelling saying, what would you do? Or, uh, or why Gandhi chose to do the, the salt march, or, or why Gandhi chose to uh, abandon a group of people that were in the Indian Revolution, or uh, or why... Lyndon Johnson did some of the things he did. when When you ask yourself these questions, you start thinking about should should I love this person? Should I believe in this person? Or should I believe in the action that was taken by that person? And if I am doing that, am I giving that person this the same view that that I would get if I were to make a decision? in In a very popular TV show, a character once said, "We would be surprised by the amount of sin that we live with as we grow older. And I think it's very important to look at our heroes that way too. It's important to not judge them based on a single choice. It's it's great that you love them for a single choice. It's it's just great that you have a hero, first off. Uh, Second, it's incredible that you love that person for making that choice. But you also have to stop yourself and ask Am I really giving them their fair due? Uh, Am I giving them the credit they deserve when I abandon them, when they make a wrong choice? And what can I learn from their failures? What can I learn from their successes? What can I learn uh, in general from who they are when they're not dealing with failures or successes? I think that should be the ultimate lesson for when we look at a hero. It's It's not taking that time to judge the hero. It's not taking that time to celebrate the hero almost completely, although celebration is is appreciated by everyone. Uh, it's it's just important to know what can I take away from this person, what can I take away from that choice, and when I fail, how can I relate myself to that failure, and can I believe myself and in myself enough to know that I will be redeemed just as my hero was redeemed.
0: Well, that about wraps up our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, I hope you had as much fun as we did. Of course, these conversations don't necessarily need to end in the podcast. And uh, if any other ideas have shown up, of course, uh, you can look us up either on Facebook, we have a Polytrex page. If you look that up, you'll be able to find it. Uh, and also we have a Twitter handle as well, uh, that will be available, uh, shortly too. So do feel free to join in on the discussion. Of course, we want to keep it civil and polite, but, uh, you know, sometimes we're dealing with some very, uh, Heated debates. And speaking of heated debates, uh, our next episode will be one uh, that I'm not fully convinced on, but I'll uh, leave it to my illustrious co-host to uh, to win me over for the traveler.
1: Uh, that's right. The next episode that we're going to do started as an idea when we were just discussing about what we do on the show, and uh, as someone who's not as well connected in the Star Trek fan community, uh, I. I mentioned to Barry, hey, Barry, I love the idea of the Traveler. I think he's an incredible character. Can we do an episode on him? And Barry immediately, without missing a beat, said, uh, nobody in Star Trek likes that guy. There is no one who, who likes that character. He's Everybody hates him. And then I did... Uh, I I believe a two-minute monologue uh, on on who the Traveler is to me and why I love him. And toward the end of that monologue, uh, Barry said, oh, we need to do that episode. I cannot wait to hear that. Uh, again and just get it out in the world because i think people will come around uh when they listen to what what you had to say well, so our next episode will be about the travel
0: i have to say uh it was a compelling argument i have forgotten some of it um uh and i've i've sort of uh, re rethought of that so we'll we'll uh We'll see what you can do, sir, and uh, I hope you co- you all can in, uh, join us. And, of course, uh, many other great episodes and great uh, shows on the Tricorder Transmissions Networks. Feel free to uh, check out to, um, all of the ones that are available on the website, and uh, we're really excited to be uh, part of this team.
1: We're... Uh We have the great opportunity of uh, doing this under the umbrella of the Tricorder Transmissions. And I just want to thank both Heather and Jeff for uh, listening to our crazy idea and saying, go ahead with it. We want to be we want to support you and see what we can do. So uh, I'm glad they decided to make our podcast a part of uh, what they put out. And I think all their episodes are great. And uh, I think you should be listening to them too.
0: I fully agree and uh, if you do get a chance uh, and you find yourself with a little bit of spare change or anything like that or make a small contribution uh, to some homemade Trek discussion uh fresh every week uh feel free to uh, support the tricorder transmissions on patreon as well
1: Um, yeah your uh, your patreon donations help us keep the warp drive uh, in
0: working condition and we appreciate it it is the dilithium so with that i'd like to thank everyone for listening and uh, we will uh, hear from you all very soon and you will hear from us very very soon so thank you very much for joining us on this polo trek we'll see you soon on another one live long and prosper bye guys